I had the honor of seeing my husband get promoted for the first time. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right. You are listening to Station with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, let me just let y'all know that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all. Now that we have that out of the way, hi, peeps. Really excited to be with everyone today, especially those who have been with me from the beginning or if you have been rocking with me for a while, you know, I so, so appreciate your support. And if you are new, if this is the first episode that you are listening to, welcome. You are in the right place, y'all. All of the military spouse shenanigans get talked about right here as well as all of the book reviews, all the hot books, you know, the books that are just coming out. You know, I go throwback sometimes too, but I give you those book reviews and a little entertainment, a la me, okay, written by me at the very end. So let me just say stationed underscore story is where you can find me on X and IG, right? And then also stationedwithstories.com is the website with everything. And if you have not left a review, or share the podcast with someone, or give it all the stars wherever you are listening. Do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell y'all do that right now. Okay, moving into this episode. Y'all, if you are listening to this episode on Monday, it is September the 11th. And y'all, it's amazing how quickly time goes by. Y'all, it's been 22 years since the September 11th attacks in 2001. And I note that, especially because being a military spouse, I can only imagine how difficult it was. One, I mean, all of us were grappling with the news of, you know, the Twin Towers going down and then the diverted attacks um, that were planned and then the other planes crashing. But y'all, that was such a crazy time for everyone. But I can only imagine how terrifying it was for military families to go through a time of relative peace and then for that to happen and knowing that more than likely there was going to be some military force to come and you know we entered a major war shortly thereafter just want to give that note this is station with stories and obviously you know we're always talking about military spouse life but there, there is that side, that difficult side of when we are not in times of peace like we are relatively, right, right now, kind of, mostly. Anyway, y'all, moving on to the book, y'all, the book that I've completed this past week, Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. And this book came out this year, okay, 2023. My words for the book, matrifocal, sedated, homage. So let me just first say, I think I found out about this book. It was on a book list. Maybe it was on my Audible suggested books or something like that. I saw the book and I was like, okay, let me read it. Let me check out what's going on here. 
And I listened to the book because I know I like to listen to these books. It's just an easier way for me to get through books these days, especially moving around a lot. You know, if I'm in the car, I'm listening. If I am, you know, doing dishes or doing something around the house, I am listening. Okay. If I am working out, I'm usually listening to a book. So I listened to this book and Matrifocal. This book is really, and and it's kind of, I would say, deceptive at first because I didn't realize that it was going to be matrifocal. Matrifocal meaning focused on women, focused on kind of matriarchy, but not quite that, but definitely focused on the women in this book. It doesn't start off like that. You don't realize it. I didn't realize it. And once again, I didn't go through a full synopsis of the book before I read it. I just read it. And the main characters, you have four women and they are a happy family, Italian family growing up. And they grow up kind of poor. They're not, you know, dirt poor, but they grow up certainly in a working class family. But you don't start there. You really start with this young man's story of being a child born. And a few days after he was born, his older sister, who was, you know, three years old, I believe it was, she dies suddenly. And she, with her death, took all of the happiness out of the family. So he grew up unloved. And it starts off his story. His name is William. It starts off William's story. And then it it moves into the story of these four women, these four strong young women, and him falling for the oldest of those four. And then it becomes an interwoven story. And you get a sense of this family, this family of four daughters, much more clearly. So, but it's matrifocal throughout the book. And in many ways, some of the choices that the writer makes is very much championing these women over any other male in their lives, whether it be their father and how their mother thinks of the father in this very pejorative way. And, you know, he's kind of a sad sack and he is awful with money. And if it wasn't for her, her family wouldn't be able to eat. And so so there's that sense, you know, of the strong woman who keeps her daughters moving and the house moving despite her husband actually being present. He's not really good for much. And then later on, some of the men that... The girls, as they're growing older, they come in contact with, they have more of a kind of appendage role in these women's lives. They, they're they just an appendage, okay? And so it's very matrifocal. There really aren't any male characters that hum to the surface other than William. And you find out that that becomes a very complicated relationship later on. So that's number one, sedated. My second word is sedated. It is a very slow moving book. So like I said, we start off, we find out about William and his hopes and dreams and how muted his life was because of this loveless relationship he was in with his parents. Parents really never showed love to him. And so that it was very sedated, you know, in terms of their relationship, but more so 
it's a long book, y'all. I want to say it's like 16 hours if you're listening. So I can't remember if I ever looked at how many pages that is. But I would say it's on the longer side of a novel. And at points, it does feel like that. It's like, okay, so this happened and that happened. Nice, but where are we going? And I did have that feeling maybe a fourth of the way through the book, a half a way through the book. I'm like, okay, what is this book really about? And I, back to the matrifocal, I didn't really get a sense of that matrifocal aspect of the book until probably like halfway through. I was like, oh, this is very, very strong feminism, very strong, like woman-centered in the narrative. And it's also very slow moving. (laughs) It's sedated. Okay. And I would say sedated also in the sense of like, eventually you wake up from sedation. Right. And I want to say that the narrative really wakes up a lot more towards the second half, really the last quarter, like it wakes up, but it takes a while Right, you you're learning a lot about this family. It's a saga. It's going through a lot of different themes in this book, but it's a bit sedated. The last word, homage. So it's paying homage. The book overall is paying homage to Little Women. So if you know Little Women, Louisa May Alcott story that is very much a a classic, right? A classic American novel. Little Women. And in the book, they actually, the girls actually talk about Little Women and it becomes even more at the center towards the latter part of the book that they are thinking of themselves, at least some of the characters are thinking of themselves as part, you know, the four daughters of Little Women and they are the four daughters, right? They are this family of this, you know, their mom and their father and they're very proud of who they are and their heritage and they have very different wants and goals and aspirations for their lives and they're very interwoven it's a very close-knit family so the book really pays homage to little women and I won't say more about that if you read little women you may have some expectations of the book I would say if you are the type of person who likes a saga who likes to go through kind of the ins and outs, the day in, day out of life. And it eventually builds to some more difficult times in the characters' lives that have implications for generations to come. Then this is your novel, okay? Once again, this is Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. My words were matrifocal, sedated, homage. Check it out if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day, promotions. Can you say promotion? I had the honor of seeing my husband get promoted for the first time in our marriage, y'all, this past week. And I have been looking forward to this for a while. I will tell you that I have seen photos of people getting promoted. And I know that there's like penny and, you know, people put pins on their spouses usually. And I was just like, I am so excited to have the opportunity. And we knew, you you know, if you don't know, if you're not part of the military community, they know when they are getting promoted ahead of time. 
I mean, most people do, right? Most fields, you know, whether you're getting promoted, but they know quite a ways out. Okay. So at least for my husband, he knew, I think we knew some months ago. I mean, even when we were still living in Japan, we found out that he made his next rank. So we were excited. We just didn't know exactly when they would pin him, when he would be able to rank up. But we found out not too long ago that it was going to be September. Okay. So I have been waiting for this moment for a while. And September 1st technically was his date for promotion. And if you were with me last week, If you listen to the podcast, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, go back to last week, okay? Because I talk about burying my father-in-law and that actually happened that same week, okay? So we could not do it on the 1st, September 1st, because we were still down in Dallas wrapping up everything that was burying his father. So technically he did rank up as of effectively, right, effective date, September 1st. But we had to have the moment, y'all. We had to have the celebration. Now, if you are a military spouse, maybe you have had this this happen already. Maybe you've gone through a couple of promotions. Listen, it's a celebration. I hope that it was fantastic. But the thing is, if you have not gone through this, you know, if you haven't seen a promotion with your spouse yet, or if you are not part of the military community. I mean, even those who've seen it with their parents, you know, people have children, they'll come often and see their parent get pinned. But anyway, if you have not been part of this, let me just tell y'all, behind the scenes, there were things that I did not really account for or anticipate or even think about y'all. All, like I said, I've seen the photos. It's like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, dressed so well. And then you see a good looking parent or spouse come and pin them or, you know, whatever they do. And they, it looks so good. It just looks so orderly. And um, that's all I was thinking, y'all. I did not think about all the preparation that had to happen beforehand. So for example, I want to say about a week before he was like, we were on base just dropping through, I think. And he said, I need to buy the basic insignia for my rank, my new rank. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Y'all. So we had to go to the store. We had to go to the next, right? The Navy exchange. And he, he went in and bought the things from the uniform area for all of his uniform. So it wasn't just his dress whites that he wore the day of, and he had to get his shoulder boards. Shoulder boards just let that part the very top of their shoulders, if you, you're not familiar, right? They have their rank in, in that piece of their uniform. And then they also have their rank basically on every other piece of their uniform, whether they have to clip it in or snap it in, or if it's sewn in, there's so many ways that a person shows their rank, right? But pretty much any official military wear is going to have a place where the rank should be prominently shown. And that was what we had to prepare for. Y'all, I didn't even think about it. So he had to go buy all that stuff. It costs money too. Mm -mm, These things are not cheap when you add it all together, but he had to buy everything because he had to change. He's going to have to change everything in terms of his, his uniforms. Okay. 
And then, y'all, the night before, he was like, okay, I got to iron the uniform. And I'm like, oh, snap. (laughs) That is also true. So just, it was just funny, just all the things that had to happen before he gets this special Facebook photo, Instagram photo worthy moment. There's so much that had to go before that, okay? And then on my end, y'all, the other piece was, it's a celebration, okay? I need to get a gift. Now, my husband is not a big gift person. I have learned that from experience. I can get a very thought-filled gift, and he will look at it and say, oh, thanks, babe. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's just, that's just not, he's he's not a big gift person. If it's something that he loves, okay, it's something that he loves. If we're going to a basketball, professional basketball game. That's a good gift for him, okay? <laughs> but but anything short of something sports-related that's exciting, some kind of competition, it's, it's nice. It's nice, but it's not going to really hold his attention or his heart. So that was, that was my challenge, y'all. And I wonder for those who have gone through this, did you get a gift for them? Was there a special meal? Did you guys go out to eat? Was there some type of trip that was involved? I feel like that's, a, that's excessive, right? But for me, I always feel like I have to commemorate a moment. I have to signify it with some type of celebratory gesture. So I I went for something that I thought made the most sense for my husband short of that professional basketball or football <laughs> experience, right? Which was I got him some special chocolates and I got the type of chocolates I knew he would appreciate. So good on me. And then I also got a balloon because he just loves balloons. Like that's that's one of the things for him. So anyway, Moving on, okay, because I can get into all the weeds, but I had to really sit with it. I'm like, okay, I need to hide the balloon. I need to hide the chocolates. I have to make sure, right, because we're in the same space that he doesn't see the surprise. I get there the day of. I'm dressed up because, of course, this is going to be a photographic moment. And, you know, he's excited to see me. He walks me to the ship. And he has to change into his dress whites. And y'all, if you have not checked it out uh, on Instagram, I have it on my page where you can see what that looked like. And we also got a chance to, you know, when I say we, they kind of brought me to the front and he was able to introduce me. And he said a poem. Yes, he even got a chance to recite a poem, which was really it was really appropriate for the moment, actually. And um, it was it was lovely. I got the shoulder boards on. Apparently, I did not securely snap one of the shoulder boards because one of the sailors said, hey, you know, one is not secure. And so I had to get that together. And then, you know, it was lovely. He said his oath. He got a chance to introduce me. I pinned him. And then he... Did his poem and it had some words of encouragement for the sailors that were there. And then they all shook his hand. And that was it. That was it. And, you know, I imagine that it happens maybe slightly different for different communities. And of course, for him specifically, he's an officer. So there's probably a little bit more that he was able to do because he was the only person getting promoted and they let him do a poem. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. In any case, y'all, 
the main thing was to make him feel special. And obviously, one of the things that I said on my on my actual Facebook page is that he has gone through so much in his naval career. And honestly, being in the military is no joke. They go through highs and lows, and it is oftentimes very stressful at points. And so to see him get to this point, I was just so very proud. And it was a special moment. It was probably more preparation than the actual day of. Uh, but that that's lovely. And I am looking forward to celebrating because we did not get a chance to go out to eat like we expected to. Because what? It's the military. And he had to stay late because things had to get done. And there are some things that he did not expect to have to do on a Friday evening for his job. But that's what they do. They serve the country. And sometimes that means they put in way more hours than one might want to put in. Uh, But they do it with, you know, all dignity and loyalty and honor. So, yeah, it was cool to honor him. All right, y'all, moving on to the last portion of the podcast I have for you, Flash Fiction, once again. And this one is called Running Towards the River. The solemnity of the moment caught caressed by surprise like the hiccups, jerking her body from the insides. Uncontrollable was this silence she felt, this sorrow she felt. She'd taken the forest path this morning, running with a half-focused mind. The other half was set on the implosion of her make-believe happy ending. Because in her fairy tale life, when everyone lived happily ever after, her father was not dead. Done with this five-mile run, a record for her, Caress leaned over the railing of a bridge in her hometown over a lazy river contemplating death. Her father, a man so funny he put sitcoms to shame, a man so thoughtful he'd coach philosophers on new theories, a man so joy-filled he could have opened a rival theme park to Disney but he was gone now. Simply no longer existed in the world where others persisted in their strivings for a good life. Caress had lived that good life with her father, who'd raised her solo in a world where mommies like hers walked off to live life unencumbered. He'd gotten her through riding a bike without training wheels to puberty and first dates. He'd gotten her through college course selections and graduation and job interviews. But she thought they had decades left. Thought she had more milestones to reach with him cheering her on. Caress's breath returned to normal as she stretched her limbs out against the bridge's railing and peered down at this tranquil river. She completed her quad stretches and her hamstring stretches. She tugged on her elbows to stretch her arms. Death, it seemed, would be as ever-present as this river in her hometown. It would wind through her placid at the surface but rushing underneath. To lose her father, to never know her mother, to have no sister or brother was the loneliest place on earth, she thought. A rustle in the rushes followed by a beautiful white heron stepping into view along a quiet spot on the river's edge arrested her attention. It lowered its head, 
to drink, she supposed. Then she saw several fish. Flies buzzed. And now a butterfly flapped its daisy yellow wings right past her left cheek. And so it was. This sorrow of hers would flow. But maybe life was still possible. Even in the mire of death. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. You already know where to go. Mm-hmm. You already know what to do. You know how to find me, stationwithstories.com. You know where to go on X and Instagram, station underscore story. You already know to share with a friend. Sharing is caring. You already know that you should give it all the stars and leave a review. Y'all, it is Station with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha hollis Jesse, and I will be back with you all next Monday. Bye, peeps. Station with stories. That's it.